Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. How is everybody? Good. Glad to hear it. It's been quite a week. Hello, can I get an amen? Um, how was everyone's week? Give me a word. I love a good word. Heavy. Heavy. Awesome. That's it? Challenging. Hard. Hard. Yeah, it was a very interesting week. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of what happened to me this week and just where I am now in this space and how I got to this space. So on um, Wednesday night, I was peacefully sleeping in my bed. And around 2 o'clock in the morning, I start hearing this loud bang on my window. And I'm completely home by myself. My parents are away in Trinidad. And I'm like, holy, you guys know the rest. And I'm like, okay. there's some So the way my room is set up, my bed is pushed up against the window. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know who's on the other side of this window. If I sit up, I don't know if they have a gun. If, what, what do I do? And so I rolled out of my bed and um, got onto the floor. I locked my door. The person's still banging on my window. And um, got onto the floor, grabbed my phone, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is where we are right now. And I'm by myself, and I called 911. I got on the phone with dispatch, and I'm whispering, and I'm like, someone is banging on my window right now. I'm by myself. I, I don't know what to do. So she kind of just guided me through everything. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what? Because she was on the phone with me for 12 minutes before police got to my house. And I'm like, God, is he's got me right now. If there's one thing I know, that I know that I'm walking out of this house alive. And whatever happens in between happens. Um, so faith kicked in. And long story short, it ended up being someone that I know. Um, but when police found this person, she was in my backyard with a knife. And I mean, I... I didn't know what to do. I was just like, I can't believe that I'm, this is happening. And I could always ask, why me? But when you ask that question, it's like, well, why not you? You know, there's a lesson in here for me. And of course, in the moment when you're in fight or flight, you know, I'm not thinking about these things. But afterwards, I had some time to really think about it. Um, and the next day, um, I was home again by myself, but it was daytime, so that was okay. 
and I just sat in prayer. And I was very, very, very hesitant to sit in meditation and to sit in prayer because I didn't, I didn't want to hear what any anyone had to say at that time. Um, when I say that, I'm saying my higher self, God. And so, um, but I did, and I opened my Bible and I just started reading and Psalms 45, 46.5 is just what I've been repeating. And it's, God is in her, you know, she will not fall. And I just kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? And all I heard was pray for this person. And that's what I did. And so, um, Cliff made some good points because he talked about mental health. And I understand that this person is suffering with mental health. And it's like, well, what do you do in that situation when someone's putting you in harm's way, but you also know that they're broken inside, completely shattered, you know? And of course, you have to protect yourself. And the way that I can do this at this time is by praying for them and sending them energy and thinking of them still in a higher, higher place because this person isn't walking around like this 24-7. They have such a beautiful spirit, but then when the hurt kind of takes over, that's when the, the dark comes out, right? And so I think it's just about seeing, you know, the light in the dark in every situation, but also the, the lessons in it. And so an important lesson that I learned is gratitude for life and just the, the, the ability to be here right now, sitting on the stage, talking to all of you, looking at your beautiful faces, you know, being able to hug everyone when you get into the door and sing with Jenny and, and, and the worship team and just be in this space, be in the space of gratitude and love and with family and with friends. It is such an important thing to remember because this is the moment that we have. This is it, you know, and, and the past is the past. The future is not even here yet, you know, so this is, this is it right here. And so I just want to take this into this week, um, just, just present moment awareness and really coming back in home, back home to ourselves and into our bodies and into our breaths and honoring the gift of life. And, you know, I, I also, before I, we get into breathing, you know, I say this every centering prayer and I really truly mean it. And it's, if there is something that is on your heart, if there is a dream, if, if there is something that is itching at you every day to go after, go after it because this is it, you know? This is the moment. This is, we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And so if there's something on your heart, if there's something that you need to get off of your heart, if there's a dream that's been on your mind and you're thinking, oh, it's too late, it's not too late. This is the moment. If there's forgiveness that you need to honor within yourself, if there's an apology you need to give, if there's a hug, a phone call you need to make, do it, because now is the time. This is all we have, but it's very, very precious and it's very, very beautiful. And so I ask that you join me in the centering prayer and we close our eyes. Calmly place your hands in any position that makes you comfortable, that helps you come home to yourself. And so we place our palms up if we like to receive the gift of God. 
we place our palms down if you've had a tumultuous week or been going through a tumultuous time and you need some grounding. Place your hands on your heart if you'd like to open. And I just want you to come home to your natural breath. The breath of life, that beautiful, bountiful, abundant breath that keeps us alive, keeps us connected. Just feel it going in through your nostrils and back out through your nostrils or your mouth. Allow yourself to sit up, lengthen your spine, feel the top of your head connected to heaven above, feel your feet that are on the ground connected to the earth below. We are between heaven and earth, we are one. Heaven they say is electric, the earth they say is magnetic. And so since we are in between, we are electromagnetic beings connected to everything, divinely connected, divinely guided, divinely protected. Amen. Roll your shoulders back. Roll your neck. Deep breath in through the nose. And together, let's let go out through the mouth. Take a few cleansing breaths in your own space, in through the nose. And we let go out through the mouth. Honor yourself in this moment for showing up every single day for being here in this space. You are so loved. And together we breathe in through the nose. Feel the belly expand as you breathe in through the nose. And we let go, and as you let go, feel the belly contract all the way to the spine. Deep inhale through the nose. Feel that belly contract as you let go into the spine. Allow this pattern to flow through you so gently, so naturally as we honor the gift of life that flows through us so gently, so naturally. Deep inhale through the nose. And just let go. And 
let's breathe together. So we're gonna do an inhale for three seconds. Hold at the top. Exhale for four seconds. So let's inhale. One, two, three, and let's hold it. And let go for four, three, two, one, just be. Feel your body flow. As the thoughts come, allow them to come. Just observe. Become one with the energy field that surrounds you. Often obstacles on our path, roadblocks, barricades, detours, things to go over, around, or under. Sometimes the roadblocks are telling us, no, this door isn't open, find another way. Other times the roadblocks are telling us that the road that we have chosen is very, very special. If we want to go down it, we will have to try. We will have to focus. We will have to muster our energy and show the world how badly we want it. We will have to overcome each and every obstacle one by one as they appear. What do you want badly? Are you willing to go through an obstacle course, if need be, to achieve it? Are you willing to be tested by the universe? Are you willing to focus, push forward, go the distance? Sometimes the road ahead is blocked, but clearing the way becomes part of our journey. Learn to tell when it's time to let go, to surrender, to search for another road, a different path, another dream but also learn to tell when it is time to move forward through obstacles if need be, because the dream is electric, charged by divine energy and love. And so let's just breathe one more time together. Breathe in your dreams, breathe in your hopes, breathe in forgiveness, breathe in love, breathe in abundance and prosperity. Breathe in electricity, breathe in divine guidance, breathe in protection. And as we exhale, we exhale love to this entire world, to all of those that are hurting. We send love and light out to this world because it is love that keeps us together, keeps us one and keeps us connected. 
And as you come back into your body, may you wiggle your fingers and your toes. Roll your shoulders out and your neck. And when you're ready, open your big, beautiful eyes. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Oh, no, they're telling me to fix myself. Is this centered enough? Thanks, bro. Let's give it up for Mike operating the camera, everybody. That's my guy. Oh, good morning. How are we feeling? Refreshed, rejuvenated, happy to be here, getting recharged, reconnected to source. I always love seeing your beautiful faces. Today, our topic of conversation is... Um, quite interesting. I'm excited to share it with you. I want to talk to you about the topic of artful living. Typically speaking, art is something that is related solely to objects, things that are external to us. But if we consider things like paintings or songs or sculptures or buildings to be works of art, how much more should we consider our lives to be the same? What would happen if we started to look at our lives as a personal work of art? And some of you may not know this, but in the scriptures, there's a lot of artistic language that is used to describe God and humanity. So for starters, in the book of Genesis, God is referred to as a creator. And of course, if humanity is made in the image and reflection of God, that implies that we are inherently creative. God is also referred to as a potter. Humanity is referred to and described as the clay. In the Psalms, the universe is described as God's craftsmanship, which implies that one way we can describe God is by saying that God is like a craftsman, very artistic language. Another passage of scripture describes humanity as God's masterpiece, implying what? That God is an artist. What does all of this mean? Every single one of us are both a work of art and an artist at work. You are a work of art because you are a reflection of the divine intelligence at the heart of, our ex of all existence. And you are an artist at work because your life is a blank canvas on which you get to co-create with God. And I find this language very useful when it comes to describing the human experience because it gives us a totally different framework of understanding what it means to be human. As much as we may want it to be, life is not an exact science. It's more like an art. There's an art to living. And if life is an art, that means there isn't just one right way to do it. Like, how crazy would it be if an artist came and showed us a painting that they made and we were to look at it and say, oh, I think you did it wrong, <laughs> right? Like, no, that's not how it works. You don't look at something that an artist does and describe it with words like right or wrong. That kind of languaging and categorizing doesn't work when it comes to art because art is about self-expression. It's deeply personal. It's deeply individual. A true artist is someone who is seeking to communicate what they value and what they feel through their artwork. And people's feelings and values are not up for debate. 
People can feel what they feel. They have a right to value what they value and to express that in whatever manner that they wish. So it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a matter of expressing who you are, being true to yourself, which is very difficult for us to do. Why? Because we are overly concerned with how other people view us. And the reason why we're overly concerned is because human beings are highly opinionated about the way others live. And that's fearful. And we're scared. And so we crawl into a hole at the thought of being judged or shamed by other people. But artful living is about being true to yourself at all costs. And usually the cost of being true to yourself is being misunderstood. Like some people won't get it. You're not going to make sense to everybody. But if you hide or suppress who you are because you're afraid of how others will receive you, all that will do is cause you to grow bitter and resentful on the inside. One of our deepest needs as human beings is to give full expression to our personality. And a lot of us don't feel like we have the freedom to give full expression to our personality. Part of that reason is because we're not even totally comfortable with ourselves yet. We have yet to take step one, which is get comfortable and accept who I am. Let me stop judging me because that's the only armor you have against the judgments of other people. If you're okay with you, you're okay. But you've got to be fully okay with you because if you have any little bit of doubt, <laughs> someone comes and points something out, all of a sudden now you're back in, a, in, a, in an unhealthy space. So... We feel often like we don't have the freedom to be who we are. The good news is, and the tough news is, that you're the only one that can give yourself that freedom to be completely and totally true to yourself. It's going to take you being okay with others not being okay with you. You have to go down your path and own it. You have to make your choices and own them, regardless of whether other people get it or not, because your life is your artwork. It's not theirs. Your soul will be satisfied with nothing less than you being you, even if you have to suffer for it. Because the alternative is you not being you, you not being true to yourself, and that hurts too. The suffering that comes with that is probably worse than the suffering that comes from you being completely and totally true to who you are at your core. I love this quote from a Russian novelist. Fyodor Dostoevsky, he says, to go wrong in one's own way is better than to go right in someone else's. To go wrong in your own way is better than to go right in someone else's. Be true to yourself. Anybody ever heard of Bob Ross? Yeah. Anybody watch his like, show? Do they have it on Netflix? Yeah, there's a document. YouTube has his shows. You know, he would just like paint and teach people how to do nice paintings. Well, oftentimes on his show, Bob Ross would talk about something called happy accidents. Have you heard of this? Okay, happy accidents in his artwork. So sometimes people would ask him, what should they do if they're painting and they kind of don't like how their art is turning out? Or maybe they messed up. What do they do? And over and over again... He would say to them, we don't make mistakes. We make happy accidents. Mm -hmm. 
Meaning sometimes the brush is going to slip. You know, sometimes there will be unintended marks that get on the painting. Sometimes it's not going to look the way that you thought it would or the way that you envisioned it to. So yeah, just, just because something happens to the painting doesn't mean now that it's ruined. If you're open to it, if you tap into your creative energies, there's always a way to work with the accident. So some of the best pieces of art have come from accidents that have been incorporated into the painting by the artist. What does that teach us about life? You can make something out of your missteps. You can create something out of your failures. You can produce something out of your unexpected losses. Just because you've made a mistake, just because you've failed, just because you've taken a turn that you didn't expect to take, doesn't mean that now the work of art is ruined. You can incorporate this into the beautiful thing that is unfolding. I was uh, working out with a buddy of mine yesterday who's like big time into bodybuilding and he has a lot of knowledge and wisdom and I'm always open to learning. So people for some reason just like to teach me things and I like to learn. So this guy's just giving me a, a master class on all things lifting and, and we started the, the workout with, with a stretch. You know, very important. He's like, do you stretch before you work out? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, all right, I'm gonna teach you some stretches. I'm like, okay, great. So we start stretching, because this guy's had a lot of injuries. So he really had to learn how to stretch the right way, and he does like a whole 15-minute stretch routine before he even begins to lift the weight. And so we're stretching, he's teaching me how to do the stretch, and he says something that stood out to me, probably because I'm crazy and I'm always like extracting a deeper spiritual meaning from everything that people say. So like he's teaching me about stretching and I'm like, wow. And he, in his mind, he's probably thinking like, dude, what is wrong with this guy? Like, Why is he wowing me about what I'm sharing about stretching? But I was hearing something else. Like he said one thing, but what I was hearing was something totally different. And part of what he said that stood out to me was, when it's uncomfortable, that's how you know you're stretching, right? When it's uncomfortable, that's how you know you're stretching. Yes, I got a wow. But it's true. Like, if you hear that from a deeper level, that's the reality. When it's uncomfortable, that's how you know that you're stretching. And then later on, he was telling me, like, his wrist was messed up and that his physical therapist was telling him that the only way to make it strong is by applying pressure. Right? So when we're uncomfortable in life, that just means we're, God has us in a season where we are being stretched. And we got to be open to the pain that comes with that. If you're not feeling uncomfortable, you're not being stretched. You're not growing. Where there is no potential to fail, there is no potential to grow. So we have to be willing to fail. We have to be willing to mess up. We have to be willing for there to be unintended marks that mess up the painting. And then through our creativity... We learn how to make it a part of the art that we're creating. Think about this for a moment. What is it that makes a work of art beautiful? What is it that makes a work of art beautiful? There is literally no such thing as an objective answer to that question. Because art is inherently a subjective expression. Everybody has different tastes and preferences. Everybody likes and dislikes different things. Everybody responds to different things in different ways. 
which is why they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Whether something is beautiful or not is something that you get to decide. So what does it mean for me to make my life beautiful? What if we started to think in those terms? How could I make my life beautiful? What does it mean to make my life a personal work of art? What is a beautiful life? In order to answer that question, you got to get very clear about your values, your passions, your principles. Nobody can answer this stuff for you. But when you live in harmony with your values and your passions and your principles, that is when your life starts to become a work of art. I wrote in my notes, beauty has far less to do with what you're looking at and far more to do with the way you're looking at it. Far less to do with what you're looking at, far more to do with the way that you're looking at it. How are you looking at your life? What is the story you are telling about your life? Is it possible for someone who has struggled financially their entire life or someone who for years and years has never been able to get over a, a toxic trait or negative habit or someone who has struggled immensely through their life and constantly failed, never really reached that apex of success that they were looking for. Is it possible for people in that situation to have a beautiful life? Yes. Of course. A life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. In fact, the imperfections add to the beauty. So at the end of the day, each of us have our own path. And no matter how screwed up our path may seem, each of our paths are beautiful in their own way. Our job is to discover how that is so. And the most important question to ask is, is this beautiful to me? Is my life beautiful to me? The whole world can say that it's ugly. But if it's beautiful to you, that's what counts. That's what matters. Can I see the beauty in the way that my story is unfolding? And if your story doesn't seem beautiful to you yet, that just means it isn't over. So I want to put out a question and see what responses we can get from you all this morning. What is your idea of a beautiful life? What makes a life beautiful? We're going to get the microphone here because I want to I want to I want to hear some thoughts. And, and you don't have to just say a word. So this is art, right? So we're all artists yes. and we're all creative. And to create, you need. Well, I feel you must feel love and love is freedom. Mm. Mm. That's, That's it. That's it. Thank you. Freedom. I love that. I love that. Europe, Europe. Yes. I was going to say love, but I think that what makes my life beautiful is to wake up every morning, listen to the birds, feel the grass beneath my mm. feet, and just be present in this moment, because mm. there's always beauty to be found if you just pay attention and take a moment to notice. Beautiful. 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 Yes. Are we doing snaps? Okay, we're doing snaps, guys. We're doing snaps. Um, I think what makes life beautiful um, is genuineness. Mm. No matter what you create, no matter you know how everyone else feels about it, if it's genuine and true, 
mm. to you and you know how you created it, then it's beautiful regardless. Yes. Real is beautiful, huh? I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing the snaps, guys. We're doing the snaps. We're doing the snaps. Um, what's made my life beautiful is my relationship with God. Mm. I just feel like before I cemented my relationship with mm. God, I was just going through day by day. Mm. But now I can walk outside and see God's beauty in so many things. Mm. And it's just like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Yes, it's just so beyond beautiful. words. I love yes. it. I love it. Um, I think what makes my life beautiful is um, dreaming. Mm. Um, I love the beauty of a dream, the, 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 this, this idea that, that we can see beyond our mm. present circumstances to, mm. to, to create something that, that, um, that isn't quite here yet, but it fills me with hope always mm. for the future. And as long as I'm able to dream, I, I know mm. that um, things will have the capacity to always get better. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I like that. Uh, I think what makes my life beautiful is to feel instead of mm. used to numb myself to wow. all the good or bad. Wow, man. That's powerful. Thank you. All right. For me, it's not that pretty, but my pain. Yes. Everything yes. that I've been through has shown me to appreciate the good. Yes. Um, Every relationship I've had has been hurt in some way. But when you try to repair those relationships, you see the beauty, you see past the pain. Wow. So pain for me. I love that. I think there's a lot of beauty in the struggle mm. and overcoming the struggle and mm. just the struggle itself. Mm. Yes, thank you. That's good. I think... What makes my life beautiful is um, being able to laugh at everything mm. and, yeah, just not take life that seriously. I'm with you on that one. I am with you on that. As I think today, what makes a life beautiful is that nothing is wasted mm. because mm. of God's love, his mm. grace, his mercy, that no matter where we are or who we are, mm. He's always there. Mm. Happy accidents. I love it. I think today for me, it's finding joy in the little things. Yes. I used to get hung up over what was negative and bad and horrible in the world. And mm. now looking for the positive and the joy in it, it brings me happiness. Yes. What makes my life beautiful is the secret of life. Mm. Like, you don't know, like, there's so much unknown, mm. and we can be terrified of it, but if you just dive into it, mm. it becomes really, really fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's courage, you know? Courage yes, is beautiful. Courage. Wow. I think that, um, for me, what makes life beautiful is being able to create yes. and to start things. Um, it reminds me when things end, there's always a new beginning, and there's always opportunities to start over to create something new mm. and that to me is beautiful it is wow. so good i would say for myself is being able to find um, um find peace in love um and just trying to love people as much as possible mm. you know whether it's my kids with my wife um, each of you 
being able to, that's how I live my life, not trying to hold on to the what ifs or what didn't happen. Mm. Um, but it is when I get home, I can see my family and kids running to the door, finding that moment just to appreciate. It doesn't matter if I bring something home, you know, mm. it, it's not about what I can do, it's just about me. It's just about the people that we love, so. That's beautiful. So good. Oh, we got something in the back there. Um, I feel that what makes life beautiful for me is challenges, because every challenge is an opportunity for me to deepen a relationship with God, with the creator in my life, and um, learn how to partner in a new way. Thank That's you. So good. Thank you. What's um, made life beautiful for me is uh, I've walked through that valley of the shadow of death and have died three times. Mm. And I sit here before you today, and it was only God's hand and God's love that brought me out. And now I have been for 20 years able to help others find their way out of that darkness. So good. Um, I think well, what I find really beautiful in life is when you can see somebody like overcome something that they've been going through mm -hmm. and you kind of see like the light come on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, th I think the thing that I've learned through my journey is not just to survive things, but to overcome. Mm. But that takes a lot of work. You gotta go through the pain. You got to do the work, mm. and that's the thing that I've learned in my life. And I will do this until you know my last breath. That uh, it's about owning and doing your work for yourself, mm. and not blame everybody else in your life. Thank you, Jerry. I think for me, it's releasing con the control to want to know what's going to happen and focusing on how I respond to what happens mm -hmm. because I can control my happiness. I can't control what happens to right. me, but I can hold on to my happiness and my peace, and that's my safe space. Mm. So. so much wisdom in this room, huh? Don't worry, be happy. Come on, somebody. And we got two years sober for my man today. Let's give it a, oh, one year, one year, but two is coming. Two is coming, one year. We love you, bro. Uh, for me is uh, the willingness that God gives me every day. Mm, that's God, that's awesome, man. Oh, we got Danielle up here. For me, it's doing the things that bring you joy along with the people who love and care about you, yes. who encourage you and lift you up yes. and not bring you down. Yes. Relationships make life beautiful too, as messy as they are, but make life beautiful. So good. Wow, thank you everybody for sharing. Anybody else before we go? One more. Connection. Um, in so many varieties, right? Not just with people, but with nature and God and light and mm -hmm. navigating freely through whatever that connection brings or means. 
um, definitely makes life more beautiful. Mm. Sound like a true yogi that you are. <laughs> All of this uh, reminded me about this quote. I have it saved here on this old iPad. I didn't even plan to read it today, but it's from October 1st, 2018. And I came across it the other day, and as you all were sharing this, it reminded me of it. It's by an author named John O'Donohue, and it's a book, ironically, called Divine Beauty. He says, all holiness is about learning to hear the voice of your own soul. It's always there, and the more deeply you learn to listen, the greater the surprises and discoveries that will unfold. To enter into the gentleness of your own soul changes the tone and quality of your life. Your life is no longer consumed by hunger for the next event, experience, or achievement. You learn to come down from the treadmill and walk on the earth. You gain a new respect for yourself and others, and you learn to see how wonderfully precious this one life is. You begin to see through the enchanting veils of illusion that you had taken for reality. You no longer squander yourself on things and situations that deplete your essence. You know now that your true source is not outside you. Your soul is your true source, and a new energy and passion awakens in you. That's beautiful. So I want to read to you also this quote from Michelangelo, the famous sculptor. He says, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block before I start my work. It's already there. I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. Every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. So one of the things that makes us unique as human beings is our capacity to imagine. All creativity and art really depends on and hinges on imagination. First, you have to envision it, and then you create it. So when it comes to our life being a work of art, the same is true. First, we have to envision who we want to become. And then after we have that image and vision in our mind, we can begin to live out what we have first imagined. So when it comes to this particular conversation about artful living, what image comes to your mind when you think about what it means to live a beautiful life? If you don't have an answer to that question, if you weren't one of the people who spoke up, or maybe you did speak and you would like to hear more, I want to offer to you an image. And the image I want to offer to you is Christ. The image of the invisible God. You know, a lot of people try to win people over to their religion or their spiritual path by trying to prove to them with logic and intellect why it is that their particular path is right and true. Why their belief system is the one that should be upheld. What we tend to forget is that something that is beautiful naturally attracts people to it. So I wonder what would happen if followers of Jesus would focus more of their energy on displaying the beauty of Christ rather than arguing for his exclusivity or proving his divinity. 
If you believe in Jesus that much, show us his beauty. Let that speak for itself. I've mentioned often how it's been quite a while now since I've moved on from Christianity, but I just can't ever see myself moving on from Christ because unconditional love is beautiful to me. Forgiveness is beautiful to me. Compassion for those who have been forgotten or marginalized by society is beautiful to me. Living a life of service to others is beautiful to me. Unwavering faith in the midst of life's difficult circumstances is beautiful to me. What would happen if we began to carve our life into that image? It's already there. It's already in you. All we have to do is cut out and chisel away all of that extra stuff that has gotten in the way. And so that's what I want to leave you with. I want you to leave here reflecting on what it would look like to make your life a personal work of art. And what would it, what would it look like to carve your life into the image of Christ, the ultimate symbol of divine beauty? Let's pray. God, we thank you that we are your work of art and that we too are artists at work. Help us to begin to see our lives as a personal work of art. May we begin to aim for what it looks like to live a life of beauty. May we reflect more deeply about what it means to live a beautiful life. Not a perfect life. Not even a good life or a life that is right all the time. A beautiful life that includes the screw-ups, that includes the failures, that includes the mistakes, that includes all of the messes. You bring beauty out of all of it. You make everything beautiful in its time. And so, God, we open up our hearts and our minds. And we ask you to instill in us your creative power, your creative energy, so that we can make our life into something beautiful. Amen. All right, everybody, thank you. Thanks for contributing. That was fun. Love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.